Life Audio. He said, I knew something was off. This is what I want to tell people. When you are feeling those red flags or seeing those red flags, your intuition is screaming at you. There's something that's not right. That is the time to pay attention to those feelings because foresight is always better than hindsight. A lot of people wait until after they're married to be like, oh, dang it, I should have listened. Yeah, maybe you should have. But now you're on the other side of the covenant that you made. You're on the other side of the vows that you took. So the time to really kind of decipher, like, is this the right person? Should I be doing this? That's before you get married. Let me ask you a question. How connected are you and your marriage or relationship? Does it sometimes feel that there's something standing in the way of the true intimacy you desire? The first step to reconnection is to measure how far you're disconnected. That's why I've created a free tool to help you check your connection. This short two-minute quiz will assess how present and connected you are and how to deepen your intimacy. Take the quiz at danashay.com forward slash partner quiz. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash partner quiz. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Thanks so much for being here, my friends. I'm really excited about today's episode because this is a question that I know you have probably asked yourself at one point, if you're honest. It's certainly a question I have asked myself, and it is, what if I married the wrong person? Now, y'all, I have been wanting to do an episode like this for so long, and I just got an email last week from a guy, actually, who sent me an email on my website, and I didn't see his email right away, unfortunately. I saw it like a couple of days later because, as I said on a previous episode, I just had my website completely redone. It's so beautiful. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to go to thriverelationships.us or you can just go to danashay.com. But I had my website redone. And because of that, some of the emails that were coming through, I didn't see them for a couple of days. And so this, unfortunately, was one of those emails. But I actually did reach out to this guy and we have a coaching appointment scheduled. I did receive his permission to use his email in today's podcast episode. So of course, I'm not going to use his name, but I did tell him, I said, listen, this is such a great question that you asked. I gave him some advice, but then I also said, I want to take this further with you in our coaching session. And by the way, can I use your question in an upcoming podcast episode? And he said, yes. So I'm going to read to you his question, and then we're going to spend the next several minutes together talking about my advice for those of you who have felt like I married the wrong person. Before we get into all of that, though, I have to send a huge congratulations to myself and my man, because Sean and I just celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary. You guys, so 24 years is almost a quarter of a century, and Sean and I have been married longer than half my life, which is crazy, which is crazy. So I'm just like every day, like, Lord, 
you are hilarious. <laughs> like literally, because y'all, the struggle, okay? The struggle. I do this podcast because I never want to get on the show and pretend like we've been so in love for 24 years and it's been bliss and wonderful and it's getting to be wonderful. It's bliss now, but <laughs> it has been a road to get here. And so I want to encourage those of you who maybe you're in year five, year two, year seven, year 17, and you're thinking, O-M capital G, what in the world have I done? Why am I still in this mess of a marriage? And is it ever going to change? And I really do believe this, my friends, that if you are able to stick and stay, ride the waves of marriage without killing each other or completely destroying one another's trust, you can make it through. And your marriage can be better than it ever has been before. That's my story. My marriage is better today than it ever has been before. So congratulations, Dana and Sean. Thank you. Congratulations to us on 24 years. I'm I'm just super I'm just super humbled to be honest with you. I'm super humbled. I'm super grateful that we are still doing life together and loving each other and learning about each other and going deeper and and all the things. So, I don't want to make this episode about us, but I do want to use that as a springboard again to encourage you wherever you are in your marriage. Ladies, are you looking for a community that understands the ups and downs of married life? Thrive Wives is the ultimate group mastermind for women from strong marriages to struggling marriages. Thrive Wives is your go-to resource for inspiration, support, and lifelong friendships. Our dedicated coach and marriage experts provide guidance, encouragement, and tools that will help you navigate your unique marriage journey. Join our thriving community at thrivewives.com, where you'll connect with like-minded women who just get you. It's time to take charge of your marriage and unlock your full potential. Visit thrivewives.com today and start your marriage journey toward a stronger, more fulfilling marriage. Thrive Wives, where women not only vibe together, we thrive together. And then the second bit of really big news that I have is I am now officially retired as a pastor at my church. You guys have probably heard me talk about this on other episodes that I am transitioning, actually have fully transitioned by the time you listen to this podcast episode. I fully transitioned from the uh, online campus pastor role at my church to now full-time Thrive Relationships. LLC. Thank you very much. So if you didn't know, Thrive Relationships is the name of my business. It's what real relationship talk is housed under. It's also what my marriage and relationship coaching is housed under. My speaking business is housed under. All of that is under the umbrella of Thrive Relationships. And I am so, so grateful and excited that I am now able to pursue this with all of my focus, with all of my time, with all of my energy, all of my effort. And of course, Leaving the church as a staff pastor has been a difficult transition. I loved my job there. We have an amazing church, a great staff. Those are some of my friends on staff. Like I loved my job and I'll still be 
involved in some ways. I, you know, I, I started to say, I'll still be on staff. No, I'm not on staff, but I still will be involved. I'll still be on the teaching team, which I love. I love teaching and preaching. And so I'll still be preaching. I'll still be helping, ministering in, in some capacities. But um, y'all, y'all are about to see a whole lot more of Dana Shea. You are about to have some emails sent your way, um, but really, it is all good. It is, it's great. I'm super excited. So I don't want to, um, I don't know. I was talking to a friend of mine, and I said, you know, we are able to hold grief and joy at the same time. And moving out of my office, you know, at my job, and transitioning all of my things here to my home office, it's been, it's been an emotional journey, you all. If I can be honest, but. Nonetheless, here we are, and I'm super excited for this next journey. So you are here today to hear about what to do if you feel like you married the wrong person, and that's what we're going to get into. So as I stated, I got an email from a guy. I'm not going to use his name, Abby, right? But I want to read this email to you, and we're going to spend the next 20 minutes or so really breaking down his email and talking about what I believe that you should do when you find yourself in this situation. So let's read this. Okay. He says, Dana, I'm taking a chance here and emailing you because I desperately need advice. My wife and I have been together for eight years, eight long years. Honestly, Dana, I knew something was off and that I shouldn't have married her from the beginning, but I actually felt like I would fall in love with her after we got married. She's a nice woman kind, caring, and she's a great mom to our two kids, but she's just not for me. I don't look forward to coming home to her. I think I may be bored with her, but I feel really bad because she hasn't really done anything wrong. I'm just not attracted to her at all. It seems selfish of me to leave her. Plus, I love my kids and I don't want to break up our family. Dana, I am miserable. I find myself looking for attention from other women. And last year, I have to admit, I was close to going there with a woman I work with. I know none of this is right, and believe it or not, I am a Christian too, but I just don't know what to do. I've listened to your podcast and feel like I should make this marriage work, but then I realize how bored and unhappy I am, and I go through all of these thoughts all over again. Please respond. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So not only did I respond, but like I said, we actually have a coaching session coming up. And again, with his permission, I'm using his email to springboard this entire podcast episode. Friends, 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 I have so much to say. So, so much to say. So let's go ahead and start talking about his his thoughts and his feelings, okay? His whole deal is... I knew that something was off in the beginning and I ignored my intuition. I ignored the feelings that I had in the beginning. And now, oh my gosh, I'm in this boring, unhappy marriage. I married the wrong person. I want to get out, but I feel bad. Dana, tell me what I should do. Now, honestly, it doesn't matter what I say. Real talk. He's going to do what he wants to do. The reason that I'm sharing this information with you is because I know that this is a very common feeling. Lots of us have felt like we've married the wrong person. What I want to really focus in on, though, is he said, I knew something was off. This is what I want to tell people. When you 
are feeling those red flags or seeing those red flags, your intuition is screaming at you, there's something that's not right, that is the time to pay attention to those feelings because foresight is always better than hindsight. A lot of people wait until after they're married to be like, oh, dang it, I should have listened. Yeah, maybe you should have. But now you're on the other side of the covenant that you made. You're on the other side of the vows that you took. So the time to really kind of decipher, like, is this the right person? Should I be doing this? That's before you get married. Remember that foresight is better than hindsight. So maybe he did see some red flags. Or maybe he just had cold feet. Maybe he was nervous because, I mean, hello, marriage is a big commitment. And sometimes, y'all, we feel the the jitters, right? We feel anxiety. We feel fear. And you should. It is a big decision. But just because you're feeling those jitters or that those uh, anxious thoughts doesn't necessarily mean that you're marrying the wrong person or you're doing the wrong thing. It might just mean that you realize the gravity of this big decision that you're about to make. Now, again, he's saying that he felt like this shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have married her. This is what I told him in our private email, and this is what I'm telling y'all on this podcast, but you did. You did marry her. So, I mean, I hate to say suck it up, buttercup, but at the same time, like, you did marry her. You made a commitment. So now it's not really the point to, to, to say, like, should I have done this? Should I have not? I don't know. But what I do know is that you're in it. So now let's move forward. Let's see what do we need to do to get out of this, quote, boring and unhappy marriage. And when I say get out of, I don't mean leave. I mean making the marriage something different. Isn't it interesting that when we are in these situations, the first thing that we want to go to is how can I get out instead of how can I actually make this better? So that is what I am talking about today, you guys. It's not a matter of, you know, I I did the wrong thing. Now I got to go clean it up and I got to go undo. No, no, we're not going to undo. We are going to redo. We are going to figure out how do I make the marriage that I'm in the marriage that I want to be. So we're going to continue this conversation in just a moment, but let's hear a word from our sponsor first. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, friends, we're back. All right, I'm already like all riled up <laughs> because not I'm like not judging this guy, but it makes me so sad to see how many marriages are victims of this kind of mentality. How many marriages get thrown away because people think 
I messed up. I made the wrong choice. I married the wrong person. So let me go ahead and get out of that marriage and then move on to the one that I'm supposed to be in. Our friend said that she's a nice woman. She's just not for me. So my question is, well, what is for you or who is for you? Do you really believe that there's just somebody floating around out there that's the right person? I don't believe that, y'all. I don't believe in this whole notion of the one. I think God says this. Listen, I'm putting lots of human beings in the world and there's some basic parameters. If you're a Christian, he's like, don't marry outside of the faith because that causes all kinds of problems. And if you're in a situation like that, you're nodding your head, like, listen to the lady. She's telling you the truth. But God gives us some basic parameters. And then he says, now go choose somebody and make it work. So this whole idea of she's just not the one for me sounds so cute and romantic, right? But it's not true. And it gets people in situations where you are with the person you're supposed to be with, but you are not the person that you are supposed to be. Can we be real? Can we, listen, I'm not trying to lose any clients here, but I'm going to tell you guys something. So many times it's easier for us to focus our attention on the other person. When we're unhappy in our marriages, instead of us looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what am I doing that's contributing to this? Or am I doing something that's contributing to this? It's easier for us to look at our spouse and be like, they're the one. They're not floating my boat anymore. I'm not attracted to him or her anymore. They're not doing it for me anymore. I don't think I married the right person. Now, from all that I've seen in this email, his wife isn't out here cheating. She's not out here uh, spending up all his money or all of her money. She's not abandoning her children. She's not neglecting the household. She's not doing anything, quote, wrong. But why is she the wrong person? Hashtag confused. So he says, I am miserable. I am not attracted to her. Y'all, you got to understand something about misery. You control if you're miserable or not. You see, you can be in a miserable situation and not be miserable. You can be in a hard situation and still choose to keep your joy and your peace. So for you to say, I am miserable, or let's even go back to, he said, I am bored. I tell my kids all the time, boring people are bored. I was never bored when I was a kid. Not ever, not one time did I ever say I'm bored because I knew how to entertain myself. I knew how to be creative. I knew how to find things to do. And our problem now, y'all, is we are boring. We are boring people and we're looking for other people to make our lives exciting or other substances or other things to make our lives exciting. If you're bored, stop being boring. Find out what is it that you enjoy doing and then do it. You don't need your spouse to make your life sparkly. You don't need your spouse to make your life so fun. Now, is it fun to spend time with your spouse? Absolutely. I love hanging out with Sean. It's fun. But don't allow the fact that you and your spouse not being able to do anything, or maybe my spouse has different interests than me, or they don't like to do any of the things that I want to do. Okay, that might be well and true. And we can work on that, like we can fix that. But in the meantime, don't just sit around being bored 
because you you are saying that your spouse isn't uh, the one that's kind of um, entertaining you all the time. You don't have any shared interests. So you're just going to sit around and be bored and miserable. No, take some ownership of your own joy and your own happiness and your own fulfillment. Don't put that on your spouse. That's your problem. If you are bored, go do something about it. But not with somebody else, i.e. another woman or another man. Go do something about it. Stop being boring. Y'all, this man is going to cancel his appointment if he listens to this episode. But it's okay. Listen, he said that he has been looking for attention from other women. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Before we even got to that part in the email, I knew that was coming. Because isn't it funny that when we're unhappy with our spouse, someone else just magically happens to be waiting there in the wings. Can I tell y'all the real of how this is really going down? Somebody else was already in the wings. And then he decided, oh yeah, my spouse isn't the one for me. That other person is is a little bit more attractive to me. It's the shiny object syndrome. How many of y'all have shiny object syndrome? It doesn't have to be with another person. But, you know, we start doing something and then something else comes along and it's like, squirrel, squirrel, you know. Oh, that looks better. That looks better. I'm going to go and pursue that. And unfortunately, my friends, we live in such a throwaway culture where if something is broken, we don't fix it. We just throw it away and go buy another one. Our grandparents did not do that. If you had a grandfather, he knew how to fix any kind of car. He didn't go to mechanic school, but he just knew stuff. Like old people, they just know stuff. Have you have you ever realized that? It's like, how do you know that? Oh my gosh. They just know how to fix stuff because their culture was not a throwaway culture. If something was broken, they fixed it. They didn't throw it away and get another one. We also live in an unlimited upgrade culture. How many of you have the newest iPhone right now? I mean, I, I do. I mean, I, I do. Now, to my credit, I only have the newest iPhone because we have a whole bunch of kids. And you know, like when you get, like when the newest phone comes out, they give you all these incentives and stuff if you get the new phone. And so then like, I always tell my kids, you're not gonna have a better phone than me because you don't pay for nothing. So they're gonna get my old phone and then I get the new phone. So that's the reason I have the newest phone. But, or the newest Android, right? For those of you few who are Android Nation, (laughs) how many of you, it's like, Every year, we got to get the newest thing with the newest feature. And last year's camera was 15 megapixels. This year's camera, though, is 15.5. Like, that's the culture that we live in where it's unlimited upgrades. And then what happens is we take that into our marriages and our relationships, and we're always constantly trying to upgrade our person. And when they don't meet our standard, then we just want to away with them and let's go find the newest edition. You guys, that's using people. It's using people. So you have heard, hopefully you've heard the adage that you should use things, not people, and love people, not things. 
Use things, not people. Don't use people. And that's what happens when we're constantly looking at our spouses to meet my needs, make me happy, help me, you know, entertain me. Don't let me be bored. Meet my sexual needs. Do all these things for me. That's using someone. But we're not supposed to use people. We're supposed to love people. And you know what love does? Love says, you know what? Maybe you're not floating my boat. Maybe you have changed physically and I'm not as attracted to you. That's real. But I'm not going to throw you away. I'm not going to look over on the other side of the fence. I'm going to choose to love the one that I'm with. I'm going to choose to make my marriage. Hello, hear me. Make my marriage. That's a process. That's activity. That's intention. I'm going to choose to make my marriage all that it can be. Not sit around and hope for the best and think that, you know, God, the fairy godfather is going to just make you have this wonderful, amazing life that you don't put any effort into. I'm hitting hard today, y'all, because, again, like I said, I've seen so many marriages destroyed because of this ideology right here. I married the wrong person. I'm just, quote, not happy anymore. Can I tell y'all all the times I've been unhappy in my marriage? And all the times that Sean has probably been unhappy. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Sean's never been unhappy. But if he were, I'm sure that he were telling you, I'm sure that he would tell you, there are times that, honestly, like real talk, there are times that you're not going to be happy. That's just the nature of relationships. Your best friend gets on your nerves sometimes. Your children. How many of us just throw our kids away because we don't we don't want to be around them anymore? Some of us wish we could at times, right? But you don't do that. You learn how to love your kid. That's called unconditional love. But for whatever reason, when we get married, our marriages have all these conditions. And when you're not doing it for me anymore, then sorry, it's been a good ride, but you know, we're gonna go our separate ways. And y'all, I don't want that for your marriages. Because I know, listen, marriage, it takes work. It does. This is why in every episode and saying that it's the good relationships aren't the ones that quote work. It's the ones where you are willing to put in the work. It's work. But it can also be amazing. It can also be fulfilling. It can also be the best thing that you have ever devoted your life to. But you got to get out of the fairy tales. You got to get out of the romance novels and out of the, the, the idea that marriage is supposed to be so happy and sparkly all the time. Sometimes it's a decision to love, even when you don't feel the feelings of love. So our friend here said, believe it or not, I'm a Christian. I'm like, I believe it. I believe it. There's a whole lot of Christians out here that are not abiding by God's template for marriage. They're doing their complete own thing and then asking God to like co-sign on it. So I believe you're a Christian and I'm not judging your Christianity, but I am saying, brother, that because you're a Christian, you've got a strength that's greater than your own. I don't know, and this is not a knock to anybody's faith or lack thereof, but there's no possible way that I could be married and not have some strength from the Lord. Like, there's just no way. There's just no way that Dana on her own would be still married 24 years. There's just no way. 
So I'm going to give our fella here four tips, and I'm literally stealing my thunder from our coaching session, but it's okay. He's not going to buy anyway. It's okay. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I'm glad that I can laugh at myself. All right. So what I want to share is, first of all, we need to understand the purpose of a relationship. Marriage psychologist, Dr. Michael Tobin, he says this. He says, a per- the purpose of a relationship is not merely to get our own individual needs met, but rather as a challenge to grow and to help our partners reach their potential. I love that so much. Marriage is, is I say this all the time, marriage is God's tricky little discipleship tool. If you're getting married because you want to have a sleepover with your best friend, sounds so great on Instagram, right? You want to get married because you found your soulmate. You want to get married because you want to start a family or whatever other reasons people get married. That is going to run out of gas real fast. You have to get married understanding that the purpose of marriage is really to make you more mature. My best friend says all the time, marriage is for the mature. I'm like, amen, 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 amen. Marriage is for the mature. And if you're not mature, you're going to be mature when marriage is done with you, hopefully. Unless you short circuit the process, you jump out of that one and get in another one. But it's okay because you're going to go through problems with the second one too. And this is why it's so interesting when people say things like, you know, I'm not happy in my marriage. And then they've already got somebody on the side. You don't fix one relationship by starting another relationship because guess what? New person has their own issues and you are going to have issues with new person just like you are having issues with the current person. So at the absolute least, we got to get old girl and old boy out of the way, out of the wings, far, far away because they are not going to help you to fix the current marriage that you're in. Okay, so I just have a few things I'm going to share with our friend here, and I'm going to share this in more in depth with him on our coaching session, but I want to share this with you all because I think it's going to be helpful. So the first thing is that you need to accept your decision. Like it's time for us to put our big boy pants and our big girl panties on. (laughs) If I don't know how to say it any other way, it's like accept the decision that you made. Now, unless your spouse is abusive, cheating on you, I mean, y'all know what I'm not saying hopefully. But it's just you feeling like, oh man, I married the wrong person. You got to just accept your decision. How many of us have bought a house or a car and we're like, dang it, I should have got the green one. If you're talking about a car or, oh man, I should have bought in that other neighborhood, not this one, but you signed a mortgage. And many of us, most of us are going to adhere to that agreement that we signed. But for whatever reason, when we get married, we're like, I know I made a covenant before God and a commitment in front of all of my friends and family. However, this is hard and I want to get out. Mm -mm. Accept your decision. You made a commitment. You made a covenant. Accept your decision. You married your wife. So learn to love her again or love her because I don't know that you ever did if you went into this marriage with yourself and your needs at the center. Love is not about you. Love always has an object of its affection. And so when we love somebody, we center them, not ourselves. 
Now, that doesn't mean that we don't care about ourselves and that we should be treated as doormats. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that when you truly love someone, see, this is why we don't go to, to our spouse and say, I love me. I really love me. No, we say, I love you. You are the center of my affection. You are the object of my affection. So, sir, love your wife. You made a commitment to her. If you show up for your coaching appointment, I'll show you how to do that. But you have to accept your decision. Number two, stop being boring. I already said that before. Boring people are boring. If you're bored in your marriage, initiate a new relationship. Find something to do together. Find something about your spouse that is good, that is attractive. Because listen, you can find what you look for, you will find. Doesn't the Bible say that? Seeking you shall find. So start looking for good qualities. Start looking for um, interesting facts about your spouse. Start getting curious about them. Start asking questions again. Start being interested in what they're interested in. You will be amazed at what that will do. You see, I used to be a very self-centered spouse where it was all about me and my needs aren't being met and this man isn't doing this and Sean's not doing that. And you know what? That gets old. You start getting sick of your own self. But the moment that you can say, you know what? How am I loving my husband? What am I doing for him? What needs might he have that I'm not meeting and haven't cared about? That is what makes marriage interesting. Because now you've got some stuff that you can focus on. Other than just focusing on all of your spouse's um, inconsistencies or flaws. Now you're focusing on something that's actually beneficial and helpful. Number three, shut the doors on old girl at work. I already said this. You cannot fix your marriage while you are looking over the fence at somebody else. It is a mirage. You think that the other person is better suited for you. But do you all know the statistics are literally off the chart for relationships that begin in affairs? It is not going to last, sir. It's not. First of all, how can, I was talking about this with somebody earlier today. I said, I would never, let me jump off. I'm going to jump off. I'm going to go on a soapbox. I'm going to jump right back on. Okay. I just got to say this. I would never have a relationship with somebody who cheated with me on their spouse. Now, if you're the other woman or the other man right now, you're like, oh my gosh, she's talking about me. I am, but I'm doing it in love. Because I'm going to tell you something. How can you ever trust that person? They literally cheated on their spouse with you. They lied to their spouse to be with you. Why wouldn't they do that with somebody else? Of course they would, and they will. So the fact of the matter is, is that any relationship that, that starts off in adultery, it is doomed to fail. Now, I know I'm going to have one outlier here. I know there is somebody listening right now that's like, "Mm -mm," because me and my spouse have been married for five years and we started off in an affair. And I want to say the grace of God is on you, but that is not the norm. Most relationships, overwhelmingly, the majority of relationships that begin in affairs are doomed for disaster because you can't expect something good to come out of something broken and rotten. It was broken and rotten when it started. 
how does it just magically become good? Okay, that was my soapbox. We're back on. Number four, sir, you said that you're a Christian. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to encourage you because I'm still a pastor, right? I could encourage you in the Lord. There's a story in the book of Ezekiel 37, and we don't have time to get into it, but I would love to do a podcast episode on this. Maybe I will. And the story is about the prophet Ezekiel coming to this valley of dry bones. Dead things can live again is basically the premise of this whole story. Ezekiel says, God, can these dry bones live? And the Lord says, speak to the dry bones. You have to speak to your dry bones, to the dead things in your marriage, to the things that you feel like will never live again. They'll never be vibrant again. I'll never be attracted to my spouse again. I'll never feel the floating, fluttery feelings of love again. You have to speak to those dry bones and call them back to life. If you are a Christian, you have the ability to do this. And listen, honestly, even if you're not a Christian, you can still see the correlation here. And you too can cause what is dead to live again. So it's not over. Your marriage isn't over. Far from it. Far from it. But you have to be willing to stop censoring yourself and your own happiness and your own pleasure and your own fulfillment. You got to get outside of yourself. Look at this from a way bigger perspective. So did you marry the wrong person? I don't know. But I do know this. You don't want to become the wrong person. So it's time for us to stop looking at all of the things that our spouse is not doing and to start looking at what can we do. You have more power than you realize. You really do. You have more influence in your marriage than you really realize. The moment that you realize that is the moment that everything changes. So I'm starting something new. I'm doing this every Friday, starting out in the summer. Okay, so here we are. We're in the summer right now. So the first Friday in July 2023, whenever you're listening to this, we are going to have a second podcast episode. And this episode is going to be specifically to help you grow spiritually with your person that you're in a relationship with, whether that's your spouse, whether that's a boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever. We're going to talk about spiritual things because this is greatly lacking. And I love the fact that this guy's like, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Great. So let's talk about what does it mean to actually live like a Christian? What does it mean to actually put the Bible in our practical, relevant terms? right? What does that mean? And so I'm super excited, you guys. We're going to do this. The first week is this week. So this Friday, I want you to come back on the podcast. You'll get a notification if you're already on our amazing email list, but you'll get a notification saying, hey, new episode is ready for you on Friday. So it's not a glitch. We're doing this on purpose. And I want to be able to help you to go deeper in what does it actually mean to live a wholehearted spiritual life? Last thing I'll say before we end for today is I want to continue this whole conversation about the whole, I married the wrong person. Is there a soulmate out there? So I have released a YouTube episode on this very topic called, 
are soulmates real and how to find them. So this is different content than what you just heard today, similar but different. And I want you to head over to my YouTube channel. You can find me at youtube.com slash Dana Shea Unlimited, okay? Um, or just follow the show notes on the podcast. You can always find the show notes at realrelationshiptalk.com. So this episode is forward slash episode 151. I'll have a link to my YouTube channel. Um, but make sure that you watch that YouTube video because y'all, I want us to be able to really debunk the whole myth of the whole soulmate and I'm finding the right person and all of that. So we're going to come at that from a little bit of a different angle. So be sure to check out that YouTube video. So I almost want to do a follow-up to this because this is going to be an interesting coaching conversation. I just have to tell you, he's going to be like, I listen to your podcast and I don't appreciate all the shade. I'm going to say, no shade, sir. I'm trying to help you out and help out our many, many friends who listen to this podcast episode at the same time. So that is it for our show today, you all. Thank you so much for being here. I love the fact that you, if you're listening right now, you're a real one. You stuck here to the end. You were not afraid. You were not mad. You didn't throw your phone or turn off the podcast. You were like, I'm going to stay. Because sometimes, y'all, it's tight, but it's right. And you know when you hear truth, sometimes that truth cuts. But the truth also heals. And that's what this podcast is all about. We're not about fluff. We're about real. That's why it's called Real Relationship Talk. So some stuff that you're going to hear, you're not going to like. That's all right. Come back next week. Come back next week. Come back on Friday, right? I'm going to cut you up on Tuesday, and we're going to heal you up on Friday. How about that? But it's all good. And I want your marriages to succeed. I want your marriages to thrive. I want your marriages and relationships to be all that they are purposed to be. And they won't be that unless we're really speaking truth. So thank you so much for being here today. Be sure to review this podcast. If you have not already done so on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would mean so much to me if you would just simply write up a one or two page, uh, two page, oh my gosh, a one or two sentence um, review just to let us know, let all your friends know how much you enjoy this podcast. So thanks so much for being here today. Again, show notes can be found at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 151. And of course, my friends, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.